You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, we have another day and another Obama illegal action. Uh, He is through one of his agencies, the National Labor Relations or Labor Department, ordered an increase in overtime pay for millions of people out there. Uh, this is payback for the labor unions and, and uh, you know, to continue to solidify his control over the U.S. Constitution and the U.S. economy. He uh, basically has doubled, essentially, the amount of the base pay amount over which you have to be under, earning under 47000 per year, and you're going to be entitled to overtime. And you're a salaried employee. Well, according to the business community out there, this is going to cause them to cut back on the hours for some of their employees and to get rid of other employees. Now, we're already seeing the impact from the $15 an hour minimum wage that's been passed in some states. We're seeing Wendy's hamburger places, for example, go to 75% automation. You're actually going to be using a kiosk to get your hamburgers instead of talking to a, a person, a live person. You're going to be doing everything with your credit card or you're actually going to be dealing with a robot in some cases. This is because small businesses cannot afford to pay workers, particularly those that are basically unskilled. I mean, you know, flipping hamburgers is, is not exactly rocket science. And, uh, so these jobs mostly have been taken by young people who are working part-time to make some money for themselves. I know when I was in high school, I pretty much had to pay my own way as far as paying for my dates, paying for gasoline, this sort of thing. So I had cut a job from the time I was 16 years old. Part-time job, during the summer full-time job. And uh, that's what a lot of kids do. They go to work for McDonald's, they go to work for Wendy's, they go to work delivering pizza. Uh, they make some money that way. Yet you have people out there saying that the work they do, flipping hamburgers or delivering pizza, is so important that they need to be paid $15 an hour. <clears throat> While at the same time, you have the members of the American military paying private in the United States Army, if they only work 40 hours a week, which is highly unusual, particularly overseas, they're on, on call 27, 24-7, and they're not paid any overtime. They're paid their base salary, plus a few benefits like housing allowances if they are married. But their base pay for a private in the United States Army is about $8.70 per hour. A little over half of what the libs are calling for other people to be paid. They're not calling for pay raises for the military. In fact, Obama has seen to it that since he's been in office, the amount of pay raises going to the military every year has been significantly reduced. Their benefits have been reduced. 
on many of their bases, a lot of their the things that were, were counted on by families in the military, like to have a base swimming pool, gymnasium, and that sort of thing. A lot of those have been done away with. They were trying to do away with the commissaries where soldiers and their families get their groceries. And if they do that, then they'll be spending about 30% more a month on groceries than they are now. The outcry of that was so great that they backed off on that for the time being. But if you're a sergeant in the military, and you've been in the military for about five years, and you've made the rank of sergeant, your base pay is still only going to be about $13 an hour. Now, these are for the Americans out risking their lives to defend our country, missing the holidays with their families because they're overseas, deployed, missing out on a lot of things because they're deployed overseas. And under fire, many of them coming home wounded or maimed. Yet, according to Obama and his minions, unskilled laborers who don't risk their lives, who don't put their lives on the line for their country, they're entitled to more pay than our soldiers are. I'm sorry, but that's just wrong. That that just disgusts me. But that's what we're looking at. So Obama has issued another unconstitutional order to help out the unions, his buddies in the unions, and to make the Hispanics happy. For some of the people who have been benefiting from this will be illegals, lots of illegals. You know, let's, let's keep giving them free stuff, and they keep voting Democratic. Even though a lot of them that are voting are not eligible to vote in the United States. But they're doing it anyway. This today didn't surprise me any more than the most recent latest abomination of Obama in regard to the Constitution. And that's his move to by presidential decree, which is unconstitutional, because remember, under the Constitution of the United States, the President of the United States is tasked specifically with implementing the laws passed by Congress, enforcing the laws passed by Congress. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that he can pass laws on his own, change existing laws by amending them, or decide which laws to enforce and which not to enforce. We've seen him do all of the above time and time again. We saw it on amnesty. We've seen it on the climate change. We've seen it on gun control. And now, he stepped into the fray involving bathrooms. If you get a copy of my Constitution booklet, our Constitution, which you can get at www.constitution.jigsy.com, and you can get it for six bucks, or you can go to my, my website, the link to which is on America's Web Radio, my page there, on my website and blog, and you can order it through there. If you have a copy of my Constitution, where I take each article, each section, each amendment, and 
put them in the way they were originally written, and then talk about what they really mean. And if you go through that, or if you just have a, a copy of the, the Constitution without the notes, if you go through it, you're not going to find anything regarding transgender bathrooms, or transgenders at all, or gays at all, or marriage, any kind of marriage. The Constitution was not designed to deal with that. That type of thing, and then I don't think that the Founding Fathers at the Constitutional Convention were particularly interested in, in transgender bathrooms. I think they were more interested in protecting America's freedom, protecting the freedom of the people of America by putting in a Bill of Rights and making sure the Constitution limited what the federal government could do. But you've got a whole different ballgame out there now. You've got a president of the United States who is... Has anybody noticed besides me he's obsessed with sex? I mean, yeah, Bill Clinton was obsessed with sex, too. It was heterosexual sex, but he had the obsession. But Obama seems to be taking it one step further. I mean, Clinton was obsessed with getting sex for himself. He wasn't obsessed with what everybody else was doing in the country. But Obama, since he became president, has spent a lot of his time relentlessly pushing the LGBT agenda for lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgenders. In the process, he has shown his willingness to enforce it in the military and civil society, including schools. He's shown his willingness to destroy the effectiveness of the U.S. military, dismantle freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and punish states that don't embrace his agenda. Now he's decided that as President of the United States, he has authority over all the bathrooms in the country. Don't remember that being mentioned in the Constitution. Don't be in, remember that being discussed in the Federalist Papers. Don't remember any other President of the United States ever contacting a school district and saying, here's how you're going to run your bathrooms. You're going to allow boys who decide they want to be girls for the day to go into women's bathrooms and locker rooms and shower rooms. That's what this order is all about. I mean, he's ordering all the local school districts in the country to do this. And, of course, he's using federal funds to try to coerce the school districts. He has no authority over the bathrooms in local school districts or colleges or universities. And he certainly does not have the authority to use taxpayer money as a lever as leverage to pound on local school districts. But that's what he's doing. And interestingly enough, to show you how little he actually cares about the people that he supposedly represents, and is more concerned with the people who are transgenders or part of the LGBT community, that those seem to be his top priority. Because in the state of Texas, for example, and Texas is fighting him on this, the money that he proposed to withhold 
from the state of Texas, from the education department of the state of Texas, $15 million per year, almost all of which is spent providing food to needy children who will go hungry without being fed breakfast and lunch at school. So, you got several million children in Texas that are going to go hungry so that maybe one-third of one percent and we don't have any idea how many transgender children there are out there, but it is very small, very, very few. But those children, those people, because we're not just talking children here, those people are more concerned to Obama, of more importance to Obama, than the needy children who get fed by that money. That's where this president's priorities lie. He is launching this all-out assault and is going to continue to do so. And the American people need to step up and try to stop it. Because if we don't, is going to get a heck of a lot worse. Transgender bathrooms. See what I mean by this man is obsessed with sex? Just yesterday he appointed a openly homosexual to head the Department of the Army. We'll talk more after this, this first break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. 
Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So who's fighting? Who's putting up a fight over this? Not our Congress. Where are the Republicans in Congress? Where is the Republican leadership? Why haven't they already introduced legislation to stop this nonsense? Because they just don't seem to be willing to fight Obama. And yet they can't seem to comprehend why voters are turning against them. Why Republican voters have come out by the millions to vote for a total outsider to be President of the United States, to cast aside the Jeb Bushes, the Chris Christie's, the parts people in the Washington establishment, like Marco Rubio, the establishment Republicans who have controlled the party for so long and have brought us such victorious presidential candidates as John McCain and Mitt Romney. You know, the Republican philosophy, let's elect somebody who is in the middle of the road and we'll win. Let's don't offend the Democrats. Let's don't offend Obama. Let's don't give the New York Times grounds to call us, call us racist, although they're going to be there any time they oppose Obama. Let's don't do anything. Let's be stay in the middle of the road. Well, the other day I heard somebody using a phrase that, that I had coined years ago, and that is the problem with being in the middle of the road is that you get hit by traffic coming from both directions. You basically get run over by everybody. And that's what's happened to the Republican establishment. They, we elected the Republicans in 2010 in the House of Representatives and gave them control of the House. Still didn't have control of the Senate, but they had control of the House. In 2014, they were given control of the Senate and historic levels of control of the House. Many of them ran saying that we're going to get rid of Obamacare. We're going to turn around his illegal amnesty executive action. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And what have they done? Basically nothing. Mitch McConnell has sat there and let pieces of legislation important to the American people, like the Iranian Treaty, be blocked by the Democrats, the minority Democrats, or Democrats, because he allows that cloture rule to continue, which means that when the Constitution says that 51 senators can pass legislation in the Senate, but the Senate has decided, no, we're going to make it 60 senators. 60 senators have to vote to bring it to the floor. Now, the Democrats would sidestep this frequently, and Harry Reid was in control of the Senate. But no, Mitch McConnell, he's in the middle of the road, and he's going to carry the rest of us down the middle of the road so we get hit by traffic coming from both sides, from both directions, and he allows 
abominations like the Iranian treaty to happen. He allows the type of executive order we've seen with the bathrooms to happen. And nothing's going to be done about it because they, even if the House passes something, it will never get the 60 votes required to be brought before the Senate. So you and I have elected senators, 55 of them have a majority in the United States Senate, yet our votes don't matter. Just like the and the Democrats right now, a lot of Democrats out there are being told by their party, your votes don't matter. We have the anointed one, Hillary Clinton, and she is going to be our nominee. The Republicans tried to tell Republican voters the same thing. Your votes don't matter. And some of them are still trying to plot a way to keep Donald Trump, even if he has all the delegates he needs at the convention, I think he will, to get the nomination. They're trying to figure out a way to stop him, even though that means that Hillary will be elected president of the United States. They're talking about running a third-party candidate. That's suicidal. Now, I I can't endorse anybody for president because I'm executive director of a non-profit 501c3 organization, which means contributions to us are tax-deductible for any of you that want to make contributions at usjf.net. But that also means that I cannot endorse any political candidate in any race. I can talk about the candidates. I can talk about their strengths and weaknesses. I can say bad things or good things about them, but I can't actually come out and endorse somebody. Well, I have nothing good to say about Hillary Clinton or for that matter Bernie Sanders and in the case of Donald Trump he is probably not the perfect candidate although I don't think we had anybody running in the primaries who would have been the perfect candidate there are some other people out there that I would have preferred but we had some good candidates I think virtually all of the Republican individuals that ran would be far better president than Hillary Clinton would be. The bottom line is the Republicans revolted. The Republican rank and file revolted, and they elected an outsider named Donald Trump. I don't agree with everything Donald Trump has to say, but I didn't agree with everything that any of the Republican candidates had to say. There are always going to be differences. But the fact of the matter is, the Republicans need to understand what's happening here and why it's happening. Americans are getting fed up with not being listened to, with wasting their votes on people who are elected to office and then don't do what they said they were going to do. And this has opened the door for Obama to run amok, even more so than he already has. And you can go to my website at www.michaelconnelly.com, and you can also access that through my show page on America's Web Radio, our Constitution show page. You can find the link to that, and that's where my blog is. 
Last night I posted a new article on my blog that basically is titled Brace Yourselves. Because the latest Obama move, the transgender bathroom issue, and then the, the, the deal today with raising overtime pay. I think this is indicative of something extremely dangerous. I think what's happening is that, and what I'm seeing, is Obama going into a panic mode. He's been so successful the last seven years. He's been trying to oversee the final destruction of the Constitutional Republic that is the United States of America. And he wants to see him in his own legacy as the architect of that destruction. And everything's been going according to plan. He keeps doing whatever he wants to do. He's not being stopped by the courts. He's not being stopped by Congress. The only people going after him, the only people suing is people like here in the state of Texas, the state is, North Carolina is, and we at the United States Justice Foundation are, are filing briefs in many cases in support around the country. In fact, we were involved in a Little Sisters of the Poor victory, and that was a, a very good victory, by the way. And we were also involved in the, uh, been involved in the D.C. case, where a federal judge has recently ruled that the D.C. concealed carry law is unconstitutional. So we're winning some battles. And Obama knows this. But what worries him more than anything is the fact that he had it all laid out for his third term. And his third term as president wasn't even going to be involved him being in the White House. He was going to have his proxy in the White House. He was going to have his anointed one, Hillary Clinton. She was going to be in there, and that's why he's protected her from prosecution for her illegal activities in a number of ways while she was Secretary of State. Because the most important thing to Bill and Hillary Clinton is money and power. But money is the primary thing. Their greed is unbounded. They have been stealing from the American people for years. They have been collecting money through the Clinton Foundation instead of using it for charity. They've been using it to support the lavish lifestyles of the two of them, plus their daughter Chelsea. Hillary Clinton used her position of State Department to direct contracts, very lucrative contracts, and deals to foreign governments and foreign companies who then in turn would make generous donations to the foundation or hire Bill to come make a speech for a quarter of a million dollars. So Obama figured if I could just, you know, let them go ahead and continue stealing money, illegally obtaining money, then they'll do whatever I tell them to do. And Hillary is president, will continue with my goal of destroying the United States of America. And that she seems to be perfectly content with that because she's mouthing all the same things that Obama's doing. So Obama's plan was set. He was going to have a third term as president. 
that would probably end the American Republic. And he was going to be able to claim credit for it, but without getting any blame. We'll talk more after this break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You know, Obama's been highly successful in his efforts in the last seven years to destroy us. He's used illegal and unconstitutional executive orders to push his gun control and climate control agendas. He's opened our borders to illegal aliens. He's released thousands of dangerous criminals onto our streets. He's led an all-out assault on local police officers. He's divided our nation along racial, ethnic, ethnic, and class lines. He's also reduced our military to its lowest level of effectiveness since prior to World War II. He sends our troops into battle with rules of engagement designed to protect the enemy and to get our, to get our people killed. And he's entered into treasonous treaties with our enemy. So, you know, he's very proud of himself. He's done a lot of damage. And this path of destruction was supposed to continue unabated by the election of Hillary Clinton. But something's gone wrong. There have been some glitches. One was a 74-year-old socialist named Bernie Sanders, who has always been a big fan of the former Soviet Union and probably cried for days after it fell. And he loves Venezuela. He thought Cesar Chavez was a great guy. And the fact that Venezuela is about to fall apart and go into complete chaos 
far as Bernie's concerned, that's not the fault of socialism. So, in a way, Bernie is a village idiot who's been in the Senate for about 25 years. He's never held a, a real job in his life out in the civilian world, out in the real world, and who is gathering up a lot of votes, particularly from young people, but promising them free stuff, which he can't deliver unless he completes the path of destruction that Obama's on. The trouble is, Obama's not sure he can control Bernie. And he didn't want Bernie to get the credit for the destruction of the Constitutional Republic. Obama wants to take the credit. And he knows that Hillary Clinton will give him that credit. So he sees what's happening with Bernie as a threat to his plan. And he also sees Bernie as doing some real damage to Hillary Clinton's campaign. I mean, after all, a lot of these young people that are big Bernie Sanders supporters, they've never been taught about the Constitution. They don't know what's in it. They're not going to know when they're losing their rights because they don't know what their rights are. All they know is that Bernie says, I'm going to pay give you a free college education. I want to give you a bunch of free stuff. You won't have to do anything. Well, to a bunch of kids who have been living off their parents for years, they don't believe they need to work. I mean, isn't the government there to take care of them? That's what they're being told. That's what they've been told by the liberals for years. That's what they've been taught in their schools. Why should they have any loyalty to the Constitution of the United States? That's a, a pro-slavery document. That's an oppressive document. That's to put down the masses. That's all they know about the Constitution, if they've even ever heard of it. These people are fanatical when it comes to supporting Bernie Sanders. They're also generally as dumb as a box of rocks, but that's beside the point. They're fanatics, and they're not going to easily come over to be supporters of Hillary Clinton when she gets the Democratic nomination. So Barack Obama's looking at this and saying, well, these are a lot of potential Hillary voters that may just stay home on Election Day. And then he's looking with equal fear at the Donald Trump phenomenon because here's an outsider who has come in and has recruited a lot of new voters in the Republican Party and into the system in general he's tapped in to the people out there who have lost their jobs because of Obama's policies who have seen the manufacturing jobs in many states disappear who sees Hillary Clinton coming in and telling coal workers in states like West Virginia and Kentucky, you know what, we're going to take your jobs away. And we're going to destroy the companies you work for. Now she's trying to explain, well, I didn't really mean that. I was just trying to tell you that I'll take care of you once that happens. Hillary's not the brightest candle on the birthday cake either. She's shown that repeatedly in some of her campaign statements. 
So Obama's getting worried. He's looking at the possibility that there may be a Republican president, that there may be so many voters out there who are upset, so many people in this country who are angry, that he's not going to be able to just simply steal the election for Hillary. Because it may not even be close enough for him to steal the election. I mean, he's stolen elections in the past, 2012. The uh, members of our military, as usual, were not allowed to vote. They did not get their ballots sent in time, as was required by law. And that was because the attorney generals of the, the states, where this happened, were told by the attorney general of the United States, don't worry about it, we're not going to enforce that law. So in Ohio, for example, is estimated that at least a million votes were not counted that came from military members. So the Democrats are good at it. They know how to steal elections. They've been doing it for years. You know, they registered dead people to vote. They've been doing that for years. I remember when I was uh, in college in 1964. I was not in college. I was still in high school in Jackson, Mississippi in 1964. And I was a Republican. And I was appointed the Central Mississippi chairman for the Barry Goldwater campaign. Now, that, that sounds like, wow, big honor for a 16-year-old. Well, basically, that was because in the state of Mississippi in 1964, there were only three Republicans, and only two of us were registered to vote. So we sort of divided up the state, and uh, I got Central Mississippi. One of the things I was supposed to do was walk the precincts in Jackson, Mississippi. So I got him to give me a voter list, which, of course, was all Democratic. And I started walking downtown Jackson, Mississippi. And one of the first addresses I came to was a convent. So I knocked on the door, and I asked the sisters if anybody there was registered to vote. And they said, no, they didn't believe in such things. They didn't really vote. This was a cloture and a convent, a closed convent, and they didn't really believe in that sort of thing. So I said, okay. So here I had, you know, 15, 20, 30 people at that address. And then I came to the next address, and there were literally hundreds of people registered at that address. And that address was the downtown Jackson, Mississippi Cemetery. And I walked around a little bit, and I found all these voters quietly resting in their graves until it was time to come out and vote in the election. So this is not something new to the Democrats. This is the way they've been operating for years and years. But now Obama sees that maybe he can't steal this election. If Hillary Clinton is the nominee, and she will be, Obama's going to keep her from being indicted. Even though there are new reasons for her being indicted, criminal charges being brought against her on almost a daily basis, new reasons coming out, but Obama's not going to let it happen. But you look at the Republican side, and he sees the revolt against the establishment party leaders in the Republican Party to be very dangerous to his legacy. Because 
they could come out in droves, these people, and they could elect Donald Trump president. And they could probably vote, cast enough votes down ballot to keep Obama and the Democrats from taking back control of the Senate and possibly getting control of the House. This was something else they were counting on. And they were going to register millions of illegal illegals in this country to vote to help get that done. But that may not even help. The bottom line is that Obama's plan for a third term by proxy is in grave danger. So he sees himself with two choices. To continue to use his illegal executive orders over the next few months. To continue to destroy the constitutional protections of free speech, freedom of religion, and the right to keep and bear arms and the right to due process. Continue to try to destroy the U.S. free market economy and hope that ultimately Hillary will win the election. I see he was going to continue doing this with executive orders anyway. But now, what happens if Hillary does win the election and we have a president that's going to try to reverse much of what Obama's done? My concern there is that Obama's got a plan B. If he becomes convinced that Trump will win as president, then Obama is perfectly capable of unleashing what I call his dogs of war by encouraging his radical allies like the Black Panthers, the Black Lives Matter movement, Occupy Wall Street movement, the Communist Party, and others to launch all-out assaults on the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. And this would include not just protests, but riots, physical attacks on delegates, and on the police, and wholesale destruction of property. In other words, caused absolute chaos. Then, a few days after the Republican convention is over in Cleveland, the Democratic convention starts in Philadelphia. The same thing could happen there. The people that caused all the problems in Cleveland could just be ordered to go to Philadelphia and repeat the process. And they would probably be supported by some of the angry Bernie Sanders supporters. So in the midst of all this, Obama steps forward, declares martial law, and suspends the elections indefinitely. He uses an executive order that he signed himself right after he became president, again, which the Republicans basically ignored, which allows him, in the state of a national emergency, to take personal control of all transportation, our food supply, our water supply, our electrical supply, and our medical availability. Let's take our last break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. 
Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You know, for somebody like Obama, who really already considers themselves a dictator, this would be the most perfect scenario. He uses the chaos that he and his supporters have created to justify him declaring martial law and taking control of everything, suspending elections, what is martial law? Well, to begin with, it's not mentioned in the Constitution specifically. The Constitution does allow the president, in times of invasion or civil unrest, actual rebellion, not just civil unrest, but actual rebellion, to nationalize the militias of the states, or as they are now the National Guards, and they put them under federal control. Well, Presidents have been doing that for years during regular wars. World War II, it was done. It was done not really in Vietnam, but uh, certainly done in the war on terror. Almost all of our National Guard units uh, were called into action. And the it also allows the president of the Constitution to suspend habeas corpus. Now, habeas corpus is basically a writ provided for in the Constitution that is to prevent people from being illegally detained by federal or state authorities. If you've been arrested and you think you're being illegally detained for something you didn't do without your constitutional rights being protected, you can file a writ with a judge or magistrate asking for an immediate hearing, and it will usually occur within 48 hours, so that the prosecution would have the burden of proving that the they have valid probable cause for detaining you. Now, this was suspended once before by President Lincoln during a civil war, which was certainly a case of rebellion. Yet the Supreme Court of the United States ruled his actions unconstitutional. Now, twice, two other times, martial law has been declared in this country, but not by the president. If both times it happened in New Orleans. It happened during the War of 1812, 
when New Orleans was about to be attacked by the British, and Andrew Jackson, who was not yet president, was commanding the American army, and he wasn't getting a whole lot of cooperation from some of the people in New Orleans as far as preparing to defend the city. Some of them actually wanted to just surrender to the British, so nothing happened bad to them. So Andrew Jackson declared martial law. Well, within a few days thereof, the Battle of New Orleans took place, and it was a massive victory for the American Army. There were almost 2,000 British soldiers killed or wounded, and there were several Americans killed and a handful wounded. So it was a smashing victory, so nobody ever complained about martial law. Until they did it again, the mayor of New Orleans declared martial law in 2005 after Hurricane Katrina had hit. And basically, his declaration required that all citizens of New Orleans be disarmed, that their private weapons be taken away. And about a 1,000 weapons were confiscated from people. Well, the United States Justice Foundation and several other organizations filed suit on behalf of the people of New Orleans and said that this was an unconstitutional action by the mayor, and the federal courts agreed with us. They said this was not proper declaration of martial law. They could declare this as a state of emergency, but they couldn't just impose martial law and take away rights. But the President of the United States sees this differently than the courts see it. He's looking at the martial law the way it's been used in countries like Thailand, where it's been used in South American, Central American countries, where it was used in places like Nazi Germany, where one person essentially becomes a dictator. Now, normally martial law is declared by the military, and they are allowed to do that in, in common law, if there's a breakdown of civil authority. In our case, the country is unique in that the President of the United States, who is a civilian, is also commander-in-chief of our military. So Obama could use this as a justification for declaring martial law and appointing himself as dictator. Historically, it has happened before. Just look at the, the parallels in Nazi Germany. And now you're thinking to yourself, well, our military will never let this happen. Well, our military is so weak now that I'm not sure the military could prevent it. Because if you look at Nazi Germany and what Adolf Hitler did, when he took over as Chancellor of Germany, well, the first thing he did, well, the first thing he did was nationalize all health care. Like if he could control access to health care, he could control the people. Then he started to disarm the German people, beginning with the veterans. Like the veterans here in this country, we took an oath of office to protect and defend our Constitution, not to protect the individual leader. Then he started purging the military of high-ranking officers initially, then lower-ranking officers, and then non-coms, senior non-coms, to get rid of the people who were loyal to that oath of office and not loyal to him personally. It's exactly what Obama's been doing ever since he's been in office. Just a couple of years ago, he got rid of 13,000 captains and majors in the United States Army and the United States Marine Corps. 13,000 were basically given pink slips 
didn't matter if they were close to retirement. Didn't matter what this did to their families. Obama was getting rid of people. He's been putting his people in the military. He has been putting people in the military who are not loyal to the military, not loyal to the country. Ash Carter is a joke. He's the third or fourth, I'm losing count, Secretary of Defense under Obama, because the others have all been forced to resign because they did not agree with what Obama was doing to our military. So he thinks he's got the military weak enough so that nothing will happen when he puts his plan into, into force. Will he do it? I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. Unfortunately, I've been right about a lot of stuff in the last seven years, including when I told told you about a year ago that what I saw Obama doing to the veterans and disarming them, that was going to start happening to Social Security recipients, and now it is, and now it's formally happening, and now at the U.S. Justice Foundation, I'm preparing a legal memorandum in opposition to that right now, which we're going to be filing sometime in the next couple of weeks, and I'll be posting on my website www.michaelconnelly.com. So check that out. Go to usgf.net to check out what we're doing on, on at the Justice Foundation. You can read the briefs there that we filed. We're very pleased that, that recently Judge Clarence Thomas broke his 10 years of silence in oral arguments at the Supreme Court. He hadn't asked a question or made a comment during 10 years. And he finally did recently, much to everybody's surprise. And he asked a question in a gun control case based on what we had asked in one of our briefs. So that, that made us be, be very pleased with ourselves. But you can go to my website. You can check out my books out there. The Mortimer still doing very well. It's the story of my dad's unit during World War II. And it's actually going to be the subject of a documentary later this summer. And then also my book, Comedy Alias, Story of America, which is a patriotic novel. If you haven't read it yet, I encourage you to do so, because I've got another patriotic novel, which I just signed a contract with a publisher. It'll be coming out sometime this summer, and I think it's better than Amiyale. And But I hope people will read Amiyale and then read the new one and let me know what you like better. Also, you can order my book of our Constitution. You can order directly through it from me, which is a preferred method for all of my books. Uh, through my website, you can order directly from me, and the reason that's a preferred method because I make a hell of a lot more money uh, when you order the books through me than I do when they're ordered through Amazon or through some, some third party. But, of course, through Amazon and through Barnes & Noble, you can get Ami Ailey, A Story of America, and The Mortarman as an e-book. So if that's what you like, then do that. But my new novel is going to be called The Rag. Uh, right now we're working on the cover design. Once that's done, I will be submitting the entire manuscript of the cover design to the publisher, and they will start the process of proofreading and editing and formatting and get the book ready to be released. I will keep everybody informed of when that happens. I hope you'll buy a copy of my existing books, and I hope you buy a copy of The Rag when it comes out. I think it's an important book, and I think you'll recognize a lot of what's in that book 
as it relates to what's actually happening in this country right now and what potentially could happen if Obama continues with his 70-year-long temper tantrum and does something like declare martial law. So thank you for listening in today, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.